You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain Westwire football podcast. We're still here. We're still hanging out. We missed last week. Apologies to all because, you know, Matt, stuff happens, right? Yeah. Stuff happens. It's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> if my stuff happens, it's like there's really nothing happening. So. Well, that could still lead to stuff happening. Yeah. Which, whatever. Website mwr.com. If you've checked our site in the past couple of days, holy boy, these guys are working hard. We've got draft profiles left and right from everybody on our staff. We have more coming out next week because it's the draft show. Pre draft show. Weird sound effect. It's about time, right? <laughs> hey, we got something going on. Yes, we have at least one thing we can look forward to. Actually, quick question. We are recording this Sunday night, as per usual. Um, do you Are you going to be watching the Michael... The, I, I call it the Michael Jordan documentary, which it really is because he had final say on it. But the uh, last dance on the Bulls, are you going to be watching that at all? Do you care? I mean, I have a lot of other television to catch up on still. But uh, to answer your question, yes, at some point I will. Do you think it'll live up to the hype? I mean, I think so. ESPN documentaries tend to be pretty well regarded. Have you been watching any of those 30 for 30s recently that are on like either TV or ESPN plus? Not recently. No recently. Do you have a favorite you've seen? Ooh, that's a tough question. The OJ one's pretty good. I do like the two Escobars. That's really good. Um, Pony excess is good. Mm -hmm. The, uh, you don't know Bo, Bo Jackson. Yeah. Did you watch the, uh, June, was it June 14th, 1994 or whatever it is? Yeah. I remember when I was like 12 years, 12 years old watching that. I'm like, they got the Houston Rockets in the finals. Why do they have it in the small screen? The OJ chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there, there's plenty of good ones. So, But yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it eventually because I'm wondering. I'm just curious about it. It's a, it's a, Michael Jordan's a polarizing figure. But um, I got some other TV to watch. Are you watching any older TV shows? Or are you just watching all the new stuff you wanted to see, have, has, have not seen over the past year or so? Uh, both. So, so what, like, for for instance, I just finished watching the, the miniseries Devs over on FX on Hulu. How is that? Comes very highly recommended if you haven't watched it. I have not watched it yet. It's on my list to watch. What's it? It's a comedy, correct? No, it's a drama. Oh, I thought it was a comedy. It's, it's by the same guy who directed um, Ex Machina, if you ever okay. saw that, in Annihilation. Okay. I've, I wanted to see it. I thought, for some reason, I thought it was a comedy. I don't know why. i just seen the big guy yeah. pulling through. You might be thinking of Dave. Oh, maybe that's it, yeah. Which oh, is also very oh, good. You're right, correct. You're right. That's Dave. My wife watched the episode of Devs. You're right, okay. Um, all right. FX on Hulu, under it's a very nice deal they have now on there going on. They're not to go off on TV talk, but if you like FX, like it's always sunny, into the shadows, um all the other shows they have, Atlanta, get Hulu, man. It's FX is all there, right? Yes. So I've been watching older show How I Met Your Mother again, which is hilarious. Yeah. No, you're not too enthusiastic. No, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a long series. We've been wanting to watch some funny stuff, so we watched that for recently. We're still working on it. I do want to watch um, – Dad's is something I want to get to as well. started watching Mrs. America the other day. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. FX as well. But uh, let's get to football. Let's move on. People don't care about our TV habits, do they? No, not this week, no. No, not, yeah, no we do. No, we know what TV habit is. Roger Goodell from his basement calling out pick number 10, pick number 25. That's a far cry from the Bellagio fountains. <laughs> no kidding. Did you see the uh, memo they sent out to the virtual guys who are going to appear on the draft? Like you have, I think, 
Mountain West guys were Jordan Love and was it Ezra Cleveland, the other one, Curtis Weaver? I don't remember that off the top of my head. There were a couple guys. I know Jordan Love for sure, but they put out the here's what to wear and not to wear on your mm-hmm. virtual draft pick meeting. So, like, no gang signs, no this or that. So, I'm wondering, because, you know, guys dress up pretty big. Are there going to be guys wearing the wild suits like they typically do? Probably. You got to, right? They probably had this. I mean, this is this is their big day. You got to do whatever you want. Just make sure you got that T1 hardwired Ethernet connection, right? Yes. <laughs> you don't want it to go get all that pixelated stuff. So, all right. So, here's what we're doing for the draft. The draft begins Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's, it's sort of new. How long have they been doing the three-day, like the Thursday night one? It's been like two years, right? No, it's been longer than that. I thought it was fairly recent, but it's on prime time now. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Rod one Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the rest of the draft pick. So what we have going on the website, Matt, have you been, we've both been working hard. You've harder than me today, which is awesome. A lot of mock drafts. A lot of our guys helping out doing our – not mock drafts, but previews, profiles. Um, should we just start at the top with Jordan Love, I guess? Yeah, let's do it. Is, let me ask you this because I've seen a few tweets on here. Is there any comparison to like the Josh Allen draft saga or kind of uh, he'll go here or go there, or he's not a good player or not? I, th- I think it seems to be less, in my opinion, for Jordan Love, but somewhat sort of in the neighborhood, but not really. I feel like Josh Love is more cr- criticized than Jordan Love right now. I mean, I think that the difference is is that Josh Allen was less uh, – I mean, he, he was more of like the the kind of – toolsy quarterback that NFL personnel drools over, you know, mm-hmm. um, a little more unorthodox than, than Jordan Love is. Sure. But I think as far as narrative is concerned, I think there is definitely a lot of the same kinds of narrative threads going on. You know, obviously it's more of like a tale of two seasons, whereas mm-hmm. for, for Allen, it was a matter of, well, is he ever going to be accurate enough despite the rocket arm for the NFL and things like that? But what I've taken away over the last couple of years, and I think that you know guys like Robert Mays over at the Ringer really emphasized this most importantly, is that uh, smart teams know how to build around the guys they want to succeed with. Mm-hmm. And when you take a look at what Buffalo has done over the past couple of years, you know obviously there's been some growing pains, but they took a big leap forward in year two with Josh Allen under center. They got him guys who could go down the field and get the football, like John Brown, and and they traded for Stephon uh, Steph- Diggs. Stephon Diggs, yeah. So you know they're doing what they need to do to make that happen. And I think that if you're uh, if you're rooting for Jordan Love to succeed, if you're rooting for any of these Mountain West guys to succeed, that's really what you want to keep in mind. Is like smart teams will find a way to make this work. Smart teams will know how to look past the uh, the the glaring kind of the, the errors that he had a lot of last year and we'll know how to fix them and put him in a position to succeed. Do you, I got a couple questions to follow up on that. Had his, it's also revolves around David Yost as well. So do you, would you believe, cause right now he's what we're looking at. It's you got Tua, you got Burroughs or Burroughs, excuse me. You have um, and Herbert and then love. Those are the four guys. Herbert and love might be closer to each other. Depends where you're looking at. Had Jordan Love's year been flip-flopped, would he be maybe above two with that injury? Like, would he be the number two quarterback had his 18, 19 years been flipped? That's a really good question. I mean... Or if he came out the year before, if he's eligible to, I don't recall, but... I mean, it's kind of hard to say no, right? Or or, or, or it's kind of hard not to say no. Yeah. Like he'd yeah, be because because you look for that kind of linear growth. You don't necessarily look for a guy to look dynamite one year 
And then, you know, not to say he went completely off the rails, but he definitely made a lot more mistakes last season than he did two seasons ago. And so the, the big question is just like, where are the mistakes coming from? How are we going to fix that? And it seems like at least as far as draft analyses that I've read and, and tried to, to synthesize for our audience that, you know, one, it's just a matter of not locking in so much on your first read, for example. Sure. Um, you know, trying not to feel like you have to make every single play, you know, working on the internal clock a little bit. Yeah, because it's you know his strengths are very evident. Like it's not like he doesn't have the arm to do any of this. Oh, we've it's seen those like, side. It's not like he can't make all the throws. Yeah, the sideline throw to Sosi Mariner. Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah, which one? I just <laughs> I'm saying they're all pretty good. <laughs> um, you know, so it's not that he can't make the throws. It's not that he can't like move the pocket, throw on the run, reset while he's moving out of the pocket, and throw 40, 50 yards down the field. Like he can do all of that. It's like a lot of the little things that are going to need some polish in the long run. And so, you know, maybe he's not going to be ready to be a starter on day one on the NFL level. But I don't really see a reason to doubt that he'll figure it out, especially if he ends up with a coaching staff that will enable him to succeed. So that's what brings up my next question. I'll get to Yost in a minute. Because he lost a lot of talent, new a new staff, sort well, no, new staff, lost talent. Do you think... Um, my opinion is that he did take a step back here and there, but I'm wondering if it was more of a, I'm thinking more scheme and talent around him. It wasn't as good, clearly, because guys left, transferred, graduated, moved on. Oftentimes, was new. We know we've all. If you haven't heard us say it before, we said it a million times. Like all the new players coming back, mm-hmm. or not coming back. Excuse me, new players stepping forward. So we had new guys to work with. That is a challenge, regardless how good you are. So is it like a, like you mentioned with Josh Allen, like we've seen like him being put in the right place with Buffalo, where it seems like every third and one play they stack and he runs it or tries to. Mm-hmm. Is it a him not having good enough talent where he goes to the NFL, whether teams, it's the Chargers, the Patriots, the Colts, where he's suddenly surrounded by everybody's an NFL guy and he'll be that much better? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think it's important to remember that, I, one, all turnovers aren't created equal. And two, like you can't pin 100% of the turnovers on him, but you also can't pin it 100% on everybody else. I got a couple. I can't you know, like the, just the fact that, that he was throwing multiple interceptions to linebackers over the middle of the field. That's on him, it, I think. Isn't really something that you can pin on anybody else but him. Yeah, those and, are ones and, I was talking his about. his decision making <laughs> and things like that. But I mean, uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that relative to a lot of the other guys who are going to be taken at the top of the draft, he's also a lot younger, too. You know, Joe Burrow is 23 years old. Tua and, and Justin Herbert are both 22. He's still only 21 years old. Oh, I didn't know that. And so I think that there's that element where, I, I mean, I think of it in terms of like, uh, you know, they say the same thing a lot about baseball prospects in particular, like being like a, a, a young 18 versus an old 18 or being young for your draft class and things like that. And I think that that could work to his benefit if he ends up in the right system is that there's still a little more projectability than I think there would be in someone like a Justin Herbert or a Jacob Eason, for instance. I agree with you. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but also, let me get to David Yost's question I was kind of sitting on. You know who he's coached in college? Who, Yost? Yeah. Such as perennial backup NFL makes millions upon millions of dollars to barely play Chase Daniel at Missouri. Living the dream. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll give me a, whatever he's getting for holding the clipboard and barely playing. But like he's coached guys like 
Missouri Chase Daniel, who was great in college, but he's apparently good enough in the NFL to be, whether it's smarts, whether it's it's got to be some talent, obviously, as well, but it's more than that to be a backup forever, where it's kind of like, uh, if you remember when Ty Detmer played, guy from BYU and Heisman, he was a backup for like 14 years. He's the Eagles, Falcons, Packers. He played here and there occasionally, but he he's like a smart guy and has good enough talent to hang on the NFL forever. But yeah. Yost's coach guys at Oregon, Washington State, like Jordan Love's like he's gonna get a head coaching job soon enough and he'll have all these things to go off of. Like, look, I have this guy in the NFL. This guy's been a ten year veteran or something, whatever Chase Dean will end up being when he was there in twenty twelve as his last year at Missouri before going to Washington State, who brings in quarterbacks as well, even Oregon. Which I think he coached Justin Herbert one year, I think, I wanna say, in sixteen mm-hmm. possibly, I don't recall exactly, but is how good of a coach is Yost to get that out of Jordan Love? And the next year, he not falls off a cliff, but he took a pretty big nosedive. Like, is it a coaching thing possibly as well from Gary Anderson and everybody else? Because he had Mike Sanford for the seasons past year. I mean, it's possible, yeah. Okay, I'm just curious about that. Because I'm thinking Yost, he's going to be a head coach sooner than later, and he's going to be a really dang good one, I think, too. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be like Mike Leach without the baggage. <laughs> Which is you, you know what that that's reasonable. I mean, I mean he's he's not like an air raid disciple like Leach is, but I think that the spread it out though. Texas Tech, you talk, we saw what all these teams did. He's in between, I'd say, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Mike Gundy possibly because he's also a weirdo who's stupid and does stuff but cool offensively. Mm-hmm. But just we have, uh, whatever. But I, I I don't know, coaching maybe. So where do you think we see mock drafts? Like, there's a website. Um, shoot, it's not mock draftable. That's the one we use for the. Uh, embed stuff for like the stats there's a mock draft database oh aptly named nfl mock draft database.com right on the nose there you go <laughs> if you go there i wish it was a little more cleaner but it's just a pretty good job they basically round up all the bra- not brackets i think a bracket matrix but all the mock drafts from a lot of places like i'm looking right now new york post real gm draft site detroit free press tankathon a lot of great sites cbs majority of the sites overwhelmingly great or reputable i should say and then some other ones are like oh, okay they're just different i guess because they're not you don't know every mock draft out there they have a consensus and honestly i'll ask you the right thing we both know 27 percent overall consensus has jordan love to the patriots interesting what do you feel about that or how do you feel about that i mean i guess i could see that like who, who's the patriots starting quarterback right now is it jared stidham jared stidham and they brought in brian hoyer so it's not like they have the uh, not like not like there's a lot of resistance there exactly well let me let me answer your question with a question Ooh. do you think that he would be better off going to a situation where he might be expected to start from day one or do you think that he'd be better off if he went somewhere where he didn't have to start, where he could be like a Patrick Mahomes and sit behind uh, an Alex Smith for a year or two or something like that. If he were to do the Patrick Mahomes route, Mahomes is a highly first round pick. He went what 13 after a couple of trades. I think he went 12. Pretty high, top top half of the draft. But, but Kansas City traded up to get him. Yeah, I, I remember them and the Texans both moved up to get their guys, Deshaun Watson and him. I'm and, sorry about that, but yeah. Whatever. It, <laughs> Bill Bryan, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> you are a terrible cat person. You are a terrible judge of talent. You get the same amount of draft picks, a second rounder for trading the best receiver in football. than you do to get a Brandon Cooks who has potential, but has not been healthy. And it's a worse contract situation. So, Okay, thank, I'm you for, thank you for listening to Mountain West Wire, your number one Houston Texans podcast. No, Fire Bob podcast. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> but 
Okay, but you're right. I think if that's going to be the case, if you're looking at a team, well, first off, it's I, I'd always err on the side of, hey, it'd be better to sit than play as a quarterback because the, t- the teams we've mentioned him going to, not just us, but around, you have the Patriots because obviously Tom Brady's out there and what you mentioned, the pa- path of resistance is uh, what as thick as a uh, nice cardboard box maybe. I don't know. Something sort of tough. If you poke your head out, you're good to go. I mean, uh, B- Buffalo's improving. The Jets can't get out of their own way. Dolphins did a great the job. Dolphin- Dolphins were better than you thought they would be last year. Correct. I think they'll sl- still improve, but they're not going to be a nine-win team. They're not ready for prime time yet. Like, it's probably, yeah, because I think the over-under for wins for Patriots as of last week when the Lions came out, eight and a half, which is about mm-hmm. right. You had a great coach, Bill Belichick, but who's your running back? Like, Sony Michelle, okay, they're all right. Receivers, nothing great. Is Amendola still back there? I forget, but there's, like, decent guys. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. there he'd be able to play sooner than later. But Belichick, it's like who they have around him as well. That's part of it, too. Defense lost Kyle Noy and somebody else, so... It's like how good is that situation for him to succeed? Chargers, they lost. What Melvin Gordon is now the Broncos, who's the running back was Austin Eckler, I believe. Yes, Tyrod Taylor's their starter. Who, that's, I'd say slightly better than the Patriots quarterback situation, right? Because Taylor's played in Buffalo, had some starts. He's a good, better stopgap than that. He, I think, they're the Colts to be the best spot. Probably the Colts because they have Jacoby Brissett there, who yeah. same day decent deal, but a two year deal. I think that would be the best spot for him to play, and there he would be sitting for at least half the year, if not the whole year. Mm-hmm. If he goes to the Colts, they're also their draft position. Where are they drafting at? I'll show us that in front of me here. Well, the, the Colts traded their first-round draft pick to the 49ers. Oh, they did? Okay. For DeForest Buckner, number 13 overall. Okay, so their first pick is 34 right now. Mm-hmm. They 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 can move up because I don't think um, – I see a few people say he could go, Jordan Love could go to round two. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Dame Bugler, the athletic, and a few other people, I don't think he'll last that far. Because partly because his talent is what it is. We know what he can play, what he can and cannot do at this moment. But teams reach for quarterbacks. That's part of it too. So- most, most of the time, but not all of the time. I mean, if you look at where Indianapolis sits right now, that's basically where Oakland was when they drafted True. Derek Carr back in 2014. I, I know, but I'd say a little bit, but here and there. Like, the Colts aren't a needy quarterback team. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, they'd be fine with Jacoby for another year. Like, it's not a big deal. But they have ammo to move up. Like, they have two seconds and a third. They could easily, I don't know what the draft value is, but they'd probably have to give up their second and maybe swap a fourth rounder with somebody or Probably more of that to get to move into the first round. They probably have to give up both of those picks. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. or worse, maybe a second and third and something else to flip around. That's a, they'll have to give a lot to move up. I don't know. Is it worth it for them when they have a pretty good team to move up to take a quarterback who's not going to play this year? I, I don't know. Chargers mm-hmm. at six seem pretty high though. Like I see a couple of mocks. Like CBS mock has him at six overall. Chargers, which would be okay, where he'd probably still sit behind Tyrod Taylor. I'd I'd put better odds of him beating out Tyrod Taylor year one at some point than what the Colts have mm-hmm. because of the I mean I mean you say six is high but Josh Allen went seventh overall I know but how many quarterbacks went ahead of Josh Allen though that year is like two or three oh, I'll look and see I'm not sure but um, that, was, that was what the 2018 draft class right yes we'll look and see but I, I don't know I, I think that's kind of high just because in general it's you're the third quarterback taken number six like. I don't know. What's your thoughts? Like, what do you think would be better for him? I think, like I said before, any quarterback should probably sit for part of the year. But I would say if he's going to Patriots pick him, I could see him being week one starter. Do you? Do you disagree with that? I I do. 
I mean, I think I'm not going to be surprised if the Chargers really like him and they pick him at six. I think what's more likely is that he falls a little bit. Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to fall to New England, and I don't think he's going to fall to Green Bay, which is where I've seen him mm. fall okay. to other mock drafts. That's like a good in, one in as the, well. In the late first round. Mm-hmm. I think if he's going to end up in a situation where he doesn't necessarily have to start right away, what about Tampa Bay at 14? Ooh. But they want to win now. They want a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. They, they want to win now. Yes. And they're, they're also dummies. They're trying to trade O.J. Howard, which I've never seen Tom Brady ever, Matt, ever want to throw to a giant tight end. Have you ever seen that but before? Just... Ever? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, if he lands in Tampa, That's he's not, not going to be in a situation where he has to start right away. Two years, possibly. Two Might years, year, possibly. Year he's, and if he gets the chance to work with Bruce Arians. That's a pretty big deal. He could be the quarterback that they thought Jameis Winston would be. Interesting. You know, because he could be a very good fit for that no risk it, no biscuit air it out. Mike offense. Mike Evans, chuck it, yeah, give me that. And and Chris Godwin, yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good one too. No, I, I hear that as well. Ooh, but it also wouldn't but it also wouldn't surprise me like if Tampa felt like they were set and they wanted to win now and they, they built a piece, they they picked a piece that would help them do that. Uh, if he fell a little bit more, I could definitely see Miami picking him at eighteen if they don't pick Tua at five. There's also rumors like Detroit might trade down to Miami. The, but, are, how much credence is there to those rumors that they want to trade Matt Stafford? Because how, how none, nuts is that? None, none. I, know, um, I work with a guy who used to, Scott Mitchell, played for the Lions for a handful of years. You know, still a lot of people there. He's like, they treat Matt Stafford like garbage, and he's really, really good. Yes, he's like, he, was, they, he was really good last year before he got hurt. Hey, you know what they blame on? Ownership not keeping Megatron there in town. Come on. I mean, um, Tam- Tampa is like my, my dark horse pick, but I think his most likely landing spot, and like I said, I think this mostly depends on what Miami does at five, mm-hmm. but I could see them taking a chance on him at either 18 or uh, where did they pick? They pick, they have one more, at 26. They have a couple. Like if, if nobody wants to trade up to get him, I think that the Dolphins would be very happy to get him at either of those spots. Really quick before we get back to that, the 2018 draft did see... Baker May- it was Baker Mayfield draft number one, Sam mm-hmm. Darnold number two at number two quarterback at three, mm-hmm. and then you had a Josh Allen at seven who Buffalo traded up for, and then Josh Rosen at ten. So yikes. there you go. Okay, but here's a couple of things I'm looking at here too. Like I don't want to dive too deep in the trades and all that stuff, but I like the teams you're mentioning because Washington's not going to take him because they not that they don't need a quarterback, but they're going to take Chase Daniel number two clearly. One thing that would be intriguing me now with what Miami, if they want to be good now, depend. I'm not going to dive too deep in, into this, but why not trade down from five to like I don't know who will want to trade here. You got to have a partner to trade up as well. But if they could trade down five to maybe Jacksonville or something, or even like you know what I mean, move down a couple picks, gather more to get good. I could possibly see that, but you need somebody to move up to get a five, and yeah. that could be the case. You know what that pick could be is because here's my thinking: what will happen? You have Obviously, Burrow, number one, that's clear. Tua probably at – maybe Detroit could take him at three just because Stafford's not going to play forever. And if mm. you're concerned about Tua's injury, I could see that three. But let's just say it's somebody else at three. Five – Giants are taking a quarterback. Five could become extremely valuable because Herbert and Tua are on the board. And Chargers probably want a quarterback. You could trade with – Chargers, if Chargers are fine with both guys, Love or Herbert, they're probably fine. Like a quarterback team at five, like could trade up to get to get Tua, mm-hmm. and then Dolphins could go down wherever that may be. Like 
I don't know if it'd be Jacksonville to move up. Raid, Raid, I could see the Raiders wanting to move up to get a quarterback. So I'm just kind of thinking out loud, like, Dolphins could go back and still get him at 12 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. But also, I think the Raiders would be a team as well that could be interested in him too. Because if you look at in the draft order, Carolina has a quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, Arizona's fine, Kyle Murray. Jacksonville, just, what, they, what do they have, Nick Foles, right? They traded. No, they, they traded oh. Nick Foles to Chicago. That's right. Who do they have then? Um, they have Gardner Minshew oh, second. Okay, so yeah, that's fine. Cleveland's not going to do anything. Jets are going to do anything. So I could see Jordan Love going to 12, even without a trade to the Raiders. So there's, I think the, I think those are the most likely teams. You mentioned Tampa. We have Dolphins, possibly. You have Patriots, I think Raiders, Bucks, and Dolphins in charge. I guess six or seven teams. Mm. Do you think he'll be a first-round pick? I think he'll be a first-round pick, yes. Okay. I don't know. It's like there's a lot of teams. Look, not going through the draft, like I could see Denver, but they're stuck with Drew Locke for whatever reason. Falcons and Matt Ryan possibly could want a quarterback. You if, know what I mean? If, if somebody likes him, they're going to go get him. Yeah, I'm just still – I just see so much around the board. Like there's teams like – go back to two. I like teams that they're off – I, I don't I doubt this because you know what the worst thing about draft time is, Matt? Anonymous scout from AFC North team says this. I'm like, give me a break. My my hottest my hottest NFL draft take this year is that two is basically the new Andy Dalton. That that's not bad, right? I think he'll be fine. I just don't think he's gonna like be revolutionary or anything like that. Because of hip injury or just in general? Just in general. I think he'll be pretty good. But, but he'll be pretty good, but then again, Andy Dalton was pretty good, and nobody thinks of him as being like elite. You're right, exactly. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's. We'll see where he goes because there's a lot of teams that get him. But I'm thinking, I think he'll be taken in the first round because after Jordan Love, who's who do you want? Jacob Eason from? You know what I mean? Like who do you yeah. want? It's like at, there's a huge drop off from four to whoever's next, right? Yeah. So let me ask you this: Will it be? A, will there be another Mountain West player taken in the first round? I mean, I want to say yes, but I have my doubts. Who would be that guy? <laughs> okay, you put me on the spot. Here, okay, right? I think. Let me let me tell you. There's so, two, okay, so two options. Who are the who are the possibilities? You're thinking. Okay, so you have two possibilities. Let me see if I can guess them. Ezra Cleveland, Curtis Weaver. Yeah, I think those are the two. Maybe the offensive lineman from Fresno because he ate the eight by eight. But I don't. Natani Muti. Natani Muti. Yeah, I I think he'll be the surprise pick in the draft, similar to. Uh, um, shoot, um, Hawaii linebacker last year, Javel Jelani Tavai. Jelani Tavai, yeah. I think he'll be the surprise like that. But as for, I think it's Cleveland or Weaver going to be the possibility of a first rounder. I mean, I guess it depends on how hard up the teams at the back of the first round are for, uh, you know, a tackle and and uh, and pass rush help, respectively. Tackles is loaded this year, so that might be why Ezra might not be a first rounder. Mm-hmm. But do you do you think any, either of those guys can make it? I mean, I guess if I were going to lean toward one or the other, I would say Ezra Cleveland. Why do you say that? What's your reason for that? I mean, I think that when you look at the teams at the back of the first round, you know, we especially, you know, maybe he ends up in New England in the same way where we, we were just talking about Jordan Love. New England's done a really good job of of reloading year after year, you know, letting guys go like, you know, Trey Flowers, things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that he's in a position where even with Dante Scarnecchia having retired that, you know, if he goes there, there's definitely a need for him there. And, you know, even though it may not be the sexiest kind of pick, you know, it wouldn't be the first time they took someone from a, 
a current Mountain West school that maybe scratched a lot of heads and turned out just fine. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking, I'm thinking about Logan Mankins. So I'm thinking about it may not be the most exciting pick, but I definitely think it's a pick that could work out well for them if they choose to do that. I think it'd be lineman, maybe because they could play forever. Remember Robert Gallery? Mm-hmm. He's like he's the best tackle in the draft, four, three overall. Wasn't a great tackle, but played guard for the Raiders for like 15 years and was really good. So even yeah, if he's and, not I mean, great, and a lot of, and a lot of people have, uh, have, I mean, they they projected him to San Francisco for some reason. Where do they pick? Maybe as, maybe as an heir apparent. I mean, either 31 or sometime in the second round, I think. You're the Giants guy. What do you think about or Niners guy? What do you think about that? I mean, if or, you're thinking ahead to Joe Staley's retirement at some point, maybe. But you're in the Super Bowl last year. You don't want to do a pick that's not wasteful, but a wait and see, a wait type pick. A yeah, wait, I mean it's really hard to say. You know, obviously Baltimore is going to need someone to replace Marshall Yanda, but Marshall Yanda is a guard, not a tackle. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's when you look at the back of the first round, it's kind of tricky to see. like Seattle's always in need of offensive line help. Yeah. Because um, Russell Wilson's running for his life half the time. Exactly. But I would be really shocked. You know, and I said this. I I'm trying to remember who I wrote this for. Uh, I actually wrote this for Natani Muti, and I think it also applies to Cleveland that, you know, there's a trio of teams at the back of the second round where I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of these guys on the offensive line, um, and, and maybe in particular, I'll just say Cleveland and Muti end up, and that's Seattle, the L.A. Rams, and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Rams, look at their running game. I know you had the Todd Gurley knee stuff, but there's... A- Issues with that as well with Jared Goff and everything too. Well, their their offensive line was a disaster. Last yeah, year. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think that all any of those three teams could benefit from getting one or both of those guys. Interesting. And so there's there's that stretch between picks 52 and 64 that I'm looking at in very particular that I think it could be really interesting to see what happens there. I guess it'd be the case. So look at it like Curtis Weaver. I I'm wondering if he'll have the better pro career. Because, like, right here, looking at CBS's seven-round mock, they have him at 36 to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Which I'm thinking there'll be a couple of round two guys, round two and three guys, top 100 picks on Friday evening. But I think Weaver could be close because he – here's why Weaver could be a first-round. Patriots lost two of their best defenders. True. He could go there because they lost Kyle Vannoy and – who's the other guy? Collins, I want to say. Um, uh, Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. Didn't he leave as well for agency? Yes. So those two guys are gone. So that could be a spot for Curtis Weaver. And look what they did with like Kyle Van. Like he fairly similar position, stand up linebacker on the outside there when he's at BYU and then Detroit kind of he was okay Lions. But mm-hmm. that could be a spot as well. They need a defender pretty bad. Even though their defense was really good last year, you lost like your two almost your two best players on defense. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you gotta make up somewhere. And so that's where I think if if he's gonna be a first rounder, that's probably the most likely spot. But then again, like we talked before, did Patriot twenty QB and will Jordan Love last that long? Yeah. So do you think um anybody else could be a possibility like in that round top hundred pick range? Like for your um like you mentioned Mutai. CBS has him as a fifth rounder. No way. Right? No way. Well, I mean, there's he's very divisive, just because you know, maybe injured, more so. Right? Yeah, because he's he's been I don't want to I mean injury prone has been injured. I didn't say injury prone, but has been hurt. Yeah, and it's not like it has like plagued by hamstring injuries or something like that. Or but yeah. you know having had list Frank surgery and then hurting his Achilles before that, those are a couple of pretty substantial red flags. But at the same time, when he's been on the field, he's been awesome. In a lot of respects. And so I think 
it's very hard to envision him falling that far. But, you know, it's a matter of, you know, how how brave is someone going to be at some point? I don't it's it's like the two I think like oh he has a hip injury he's injury prone no that's a freak a fluke injury right you know what I mean yeah it's like a broken so. foot like Liz Frank can be repetitive because I know a guy I forget who it was when I was covering BYU when I was down there every day they had a safety or linebacker where it was a not a list I know Liz Frank's the foot is Liz Frank the top of the foot injury is that where it is I forget off the top of my head there's some injury I think it was Liz Frank or something similar to it where. Because people can hurt that over and over. I think Les Frank's on the bottom. But he's like, I would rather, like, this is ominous too. Like, in, he already had it twice injured to him, the foot injury. He's like, if it happens again, I'm probably done playing. However, he's like, I'd rather just tear off completely because you're fine with that. You don't need it. But there's mm. the pain and recovery time is so long that if it's a partial tear, it's worse because it has to grow back. You're not going to go in there and cut it off. And so... There's some issue. Liz Frank is not. I'm not saying it's still an injury prone, but it's something that can come back. But it's not like you're injured. Like you said, if you have soft tissue injuries where you always get a hamstring, you always cramp up, you tear a muscle or some. You know, I mean, something like that. But like, where do you think he's going? Because I saw the fifth round. I've seen people high in him, like a top seventy pick. I mean, I think he's going to be a day two pick somewhere. So day two is round two and three. So you're saying yes. top hundred pick? I think so. Yeah. Do you think he'll be like we mentioned the Hawaii linebacker last year? Like, will he be that type of guy? Like, who is this guy? Why are we taking him? I think that's the same vein of the surprise Mountain West pick this year. I mean, yeah, who, I suppose. Yeah. Who, who else would be a surprise pick for you? Like, that early? Like, yeah, well, yeah, or like say not even round two, but like if we're looking at top hundred guy, that's not a first rounder. Who would be a guy in that range you'd be looking at? Like, would Logan Wilson count in that category from Wyoming? Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the only other possibility. But I think he's really deserving and really good. Which, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. We know who he is, right? We've seen him play a bunch. We we've seen who he is. Yeah, I yeah, it's uh, I got two mucked on a hundred and third pick overall to Philadelphia. I guess I guess I would count because you're at Wyoming, you're a decent team, you're okay team. It's not like Hawaii where you're out of the middle of nowhere. But like if you were to go to some East Coast team, like who is this guy from Wyoming? What the heck? Like if you were to go to the to the Denver Broncos, like, oh we know who he is. Even Las Vegas Raiders, like, oh yeah, we know we've heard of him a little bit. Or Kansas City like some teams in that region, Kansas City and stuff. Like, oh yeah, we heard of him. But I think that could be a sort of surprise I guess that would I would put Mutai ahead of Logan Wilson, but I think those two might be the not head scratchers, but who are we getting again? Who's this guy? Yeah, I mean, I think with the difference between them is you know, obviously Muti is more high risk, high reward. With Logan Wilson, you kind of know exactly what you're going to get. He's awesome. Like it, it may not be like the highest ceiling among all the linebackers out there, but there's also the likelihood is going to be a very high floor as well. And I think that any number of NFL teams could benefit from someone like that in the middle of their defense. I think so too because he's a four year starter. He's played on really bad defenses and really good defenses. He, like in my draft preview, he's always near the ball. He knocks it down. He can play coverage. So if the tight ends come out, he has to pick up a tight end or a receiver across the middle. He's able to do coverage that way. So he's kind of a multiple guy. Like John Hightower could be another guy we'll get to now who return kicks, runs the ball, catches the ball, and makes big plays. I think uh, – I just – yeah, what do you think about Hightower? Could he – because I seen him being – I was going through like the CBS um, – they rank everybody essentially, and they're about a top one hundred and fifty guy. 
I'm wondering. I mean, that he, sounds about right. Yeah, because right now they have him dra- under seven on mock to the Dolphins at 185. Like he's we've seen him play. Like he's only pl- played two years of FBS football, which is fine. Just that's what he's played. And he, he scored touchdowns. Any every position he's played, he scored a touchdown in his two years. Kick return, punt, I believe both return games, at least one of them. But running, receiving, he streaks down the field. He's fast. His a couple issues are when he runs actual more like air quotes here, Matt, like traditional routes, not necessarily just streak routes. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of issues for him, a little bit. But I'm wondering, like, there have been a couple of Boise State receivers like Titus Young and a few other guys have been picked years past. None have really stood out, but he might be another guy where I think he could be more of a steal in the draft because if you get a guy who can do so many positions and do so many different things, that could be something very interesting. He's not the same kind of receiver, but I think his draft standing kind of reminds me of the conversation around Michael Gallup a couple of years ago. How so? And, and Gallup ended up going in the third round yeah, where the he, was, he was very productive. Everybody kind of knew that like his strengths really popped off the page. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't I'm not necessarily going to stake my claim and say the Hightower is also going to be a third round pick. But I could definitely see him going somewhere in the fourth or fifth round and, and some NFL team being really happy about that. Yeah, no, I think so as well, yeah. And, and, what's re- and what's really interesting is, like, a, you know, I don't know how closely you pay attention to some of the advanced projections that, that sites like Football Outsiders put out there. A little bit, not, not as close as you. So for those of you who aren't familiar, I would definitely recommend going to footballoutsiders.com because what they do for a few different groups of draft prospects is they have like different metrics that they use to try to project their future uh, production. And what they do for wide receivers is what they call the playmaker score. And this year they, they formatted a little bit different, but the big takeaway, I'm not going to bore you with a lot of numbers or anything like that, is you know relative to a lot of the other receiver prospects in this year's draft he's kind of in the middle of the pack as far as what they project him to do but what's most interesting is that they also project him to be a lot more productive in the future than some of the other bigger names that might go out earlier you know Denzel Mims for example out of Baylor has been talked about as a potential first round draft pick there's a lot of good uh, receivers too this draft you know Mike, well. Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC you know guys like that um even you know Brandon Ayuk yeah, he's uh, he's actually right on line with someone like Henry Ruggs mm-hmm. as some, you know the amount of production that they think he might put forth over the next few years, which is really kind of interesting. Like he's he's kind of a far cry from some other names that might go underdrafted but outproduce their like two names that they're high on in particular: are Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota and Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon State. Which, yes, I understand both of those. But I can definitely see Hightower being the kind of guy who flies under the radar, but becomes a role player, becomes maybe a Randall Cobb kind of guy, and ends up contributing. You know, thanks, not, thanks again. Maybe, bring up a Texan signing. Come on, man. I mean, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not becoming like a superstar, but Why don't be, you mean, yeah. being a role player who can be productive and be that kind of third or fourth wheel that a lot of NFL teams find really valuable these days. Yeah, because if you look at guys like um, – trying to it gives a comparison there, but like guys who – like. Look at NFL teams. They're doing more college spread stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they'll do jet sweeps. They'll do end rounds. They'll do quick passes. That's where Hightower could be really good. Yeah. Not just – I know him going deep is good. He can – he's a good way to find the ball. So if a quarterback's not super accurate down the field, he can make that adjustment. But if he does like those quick bubble screens or the jet sweeps that – like he's a guy where if he's – let's just say he's around around five or six, a fifth or sixth round pick. 
he's probably going to stick with the team because he can do multiple things. Like if he can return a little bit, even if they're number, if even if he's your number two returner or the two guys back for kickoffs, that takes a spot special teams, which he'll be doing regardless. If he's the guy who can do those short passes and be in the field, like multiple guys who can, I know everybody should probably realize this, but if you don't know, it's fine. But if NFL can only have like what 46 active guys on game day, I believe it is. Yes. You have a 53 man roster, whatever the rules may change with the new CBA coming up, but you have a couple of guys who are healthy scratches just because you have a little, even more of a roster. If he can take up one and a half to two spots, he's good to go. And will be on a roster because why do they need to keep somebody else around? Who's like a good example. I know Adrian Peterson's still in the league, but he doesn't catch the ball ever. He's just still that good. But guys like, Trying to think like Ricky Waters, I think, could only run the ball, couldn't catch the ball. He's not going to, back in the day, he's not going to be on the team. You got to mm-hmm. do multiple things, and that's where he can come into play. And with the NFL doing more open stuff, college stuff, not afraid to do end arounds or sweeps or anything for your receivers, that's where he can come to play. And he has the speed. Like, I don't know, would he be comparable to like Hollywood Brown, possibly, what, what he does right now? He's not as fast as Hollywood Brown. I'm just saying in that type of skill set, I'd say. Not, not necessarily speed, but kind of the way they use him, possibly. I mean, he's definitely got above average speed. Yeah. That's just kind of thing. Kind of things that like, like that Baltimore, they have a lot of receivers. That could be a good spot for him to do those type of things. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, uh, try to think who else do we, should we get into? We got a bunch of guys like we had David Woodward, Tipa Gale, any other players we need to get to the draftable guys. What about Cole McDonald? Let's circle back to quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm looking, do you, do you have the CBS draft pulled up in front of you? Uh, I can't if you give me. No, it's okay. I, I'll, I, I don't know if you looked at it. He has picked. I have up looked at it. Mister Irrelevant to the New York Giants. Um. Well, why would they send him to the Giants, man? That's. I know. That's a bad fate. That's not good. So that's, what do you? That's, so that's not fun. Is what that is. Well, dude, you go to Honolulu to New York City. That's a big weather change. Mm-hmm. Nice city and all, but come on, Hawaii. Nothing beats that, really. Uh do you think he'll be picked? I think he'll be drafted partly because he's a quarterback, and I said it a million times, but teams will reach for quarterback. There are enough teams. Like, looking at – like, we've seen free agency so far. One thing to consider, Cam Newton's still out there. Um, James Winston's still out there. So there, But there's enough older guys like Matt Stafford, uh, Matt Ryan, a few other older guys out there in the NFL who may not be around for a couple of years. So if you're like a – if like Cole McDonald could be like a – Honestly, like a fifth round pick to the Lions, he could be the starting quarterback in three years. Yeah, I mean, the, the conversation that a lot of people are having about Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the same things apply to Cole McDonald. Because, you know, it's, I mean, obviously he's going to be a project for whoever ends up picking him because yeah. his, his throwing motion is a little wonky. A lot of draft analysts point to his mechanics as being a real point of emphasis for whichever coaching staff ultimately wants to kind of fix him up and refine him. Um, the type of throws he, he makes to squeeze stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, like he's got the fearlessness that you want to see in a quarterback, and and we've seen that he, like Jordan Love, can make all the throws. Mm-hmm. But he's got Jalen Hurts' speed as well. Yeah. And that's the thing that a lot of other people are really overlooking. And I think that, you know, when you consider how dynamic the NFL is really getting these days. Well, look at Taysom Hill. They run him out there everywhere, and he's like the fastest guy in the Saints just about. Yeah. So I, I think that some – I really hope some smart team finds a way to kind of carve out a role for him. Who's a smart team then? Who it's a team that would say, I'll take a shot at him, whether he plays – not necessarily what Sean Payton does Taysom Hill, but get him a couple snaps or just – I mean, I'd love to on. see him go to Kansas City. That's the obvious one. Okay. 
I mean, he'll never see the field, yeah, yeah, but at least, be able, at least he'll be able to learn yeah. and be a part of an exciting offense. Same with Baltimore. They wouldn't, he wouldn't go there. Would it be good for playing time? Could Seattle work? Because Russell Wilson's not being there forever. Possibly. Like so, like those type of coaches, Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, um, Mike Vrabel, Tennessee, they, I know they've locked up Tannehill, but I don't trust him anything for too much. True. I'm just, so I, I agree with you. I, I don't know. Do you think he'll be picked? I think he will be. I think he'll be a late pick, but I think he'll get selected. What about his passing mate, Cedric Bird? I'm not seeing him anywhere. A lot of people are projecting him as a as an undrafted free agent. Why? Size, I think. Uh, what's yeah? What's the size issue? I don't. He's, he's only five nine, and it's and it's not to say that mm. he doesn't have like the speed to be an NFL receiver. Come on, Wayne Corbett, but faster. <laughs> that's that's true. Um. And it's not to say that he doesn't have an ability to stretch the field, but I think he and Jojo Ward are kind of in the same boat where they're both yeah. undersized as slot receivers, even if they have really good speed. It's not, again, it's not Henry Ruggs speed, but it's above average speed that I think a, a, an NFL team could give a shot. But again, they're going to have a lot of work to do, especially if they're going to be continue operating primarily out of the slot. Like it, It's not going to surprise me if they end up like John Ursua before them, where I don't think a lot of people expected Ursua to get picked, but he actually did get selected in the seventh round. Is he Detroit? Uh, with Seattle. Seattle, okay. Um, I'm, so I think that possibility is on the table for both of those guys, but I just don't think it's the most likely possibility, especially considering wide receiver, as we talked about a little bit with Hightower, is also extremely deep this year. Yeah, that's a problem too. So you could be... Yeah, who else is going? Have we? Is there anybody else we haven't mentioned? Because I'm looking at. I know I'm only looking at CBS. There's just as the most sortable, but like they're not talking about David Woodward, Tipa Galea. There's only Cedric, uh, or she not Cedric, um, Cole McDonald. Like there's not many guys that have projected to be drafted. Like nobody from New Mexico Air Force. I did my quick write up of Jared Saunders. Sanders, excuse me. I don't know if he'll be picked, just because he could come out and play if he needs to. If he's because the, uh, the uh, excuse me, not the academy, but the. Uh, Armed forces, armed services, allowing players to come out and pursue a pro career and delay their commitment. I just don't know if they'll make it because of, like we mentioned, depth. And then, I think you're overlooking Keith Ismail. Oh, sorry, I apologize. I was trying to, I had it got to at least, at least as far as the CBS Sports mock draft is concerned, is a fourth round selection for the Dallas Cowboys. That's true. Hey, there you go. I'll take that Cowboys. Go. Hey, you know what? They need a replacement for Travis Frederick. They do. And be... they've done they've done an awesome job of developing offensive linemen recently. Oh, for sure, it's been really good. No, I just I just think out loud who are missing. Sorry, Aztec fans, I didn't get to you, but no, that would be a good pick too. Like he's was he a three time Mountain West first team guy, two time at least. Yes, he's the re- and then also one one good thing too. Like if you look at what San Diego State's done, the running game last year wasn't great, partly because a, a slight shift to the offense. Juwan Washington wasn't quite healthy throughout the year. But, like, he's played in a pro-style set every year but last year. Even last year was a pro set, but they were in shotgun more often. So he's one of those teams, like, when you look at USC or Wyoming or just the way they play, it's more of a kind of Oklahoma, more of a traditional, what you see in the NFL, essentially. Maybe mm-hmm. some more shotgun here and there. So that's helped him out as well. Uh, sorry, I apologize. I was looking around, but that would be a good pick. You're right. Cowboys have a good offensive running game. Zeke Elliott, if you could block for him. Dak Prescott's a pretty good quarterback, I've heard, when he's not throwing parties. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that would be that'd be a good pick. I I'd, I'd, I think fourth round. It's a 
for a center, he's like the rated top fifth center, I believe, when I'm looking at the athletics thing. But centers, if you can get drafted high, that's a pretty good good first center because usually centers are like the, like the quarterback. They're smart guys. They have to know where to look on the field. They call it coverages and blitzes and things. So if he goes to Dallas, uh, maybe City or possibly, I'm not sure how that works, or at least get into the rotation, I think it would be a really good fit for him. So who else am I missing who I can um, say, you forgot my team, guy? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I'm just kind of going down the line of those draft profiles we've done so far. Yeah. What's really interesting, at least, I'm, and this is this CBS draft is really the only one I have in front of me. Yeah. But I'm really interested in seeing where the guys in the front seven beyond uh, Logan Wilson, who seems like a safe bet to at least be a day two pick, go. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you mentioned Woodward a little bit ago. And I think he's another one of those guys like uh, Natani Muti, who is he's maybe not quite as high risk, high reward, but he does does have something to improve as far as his health is concerned. Yeah, he got, he missed what the last five or six games of last year. Yeah, but you know, beyond him, the two guys two guys that I'm very interested in are Kaiba Tizino and Michael Walker. Oh yes, true. definitely. Because I wonder if they're going to end up kind of like the kind of like we're talking about with uh, Malik Reed last year, where you know, a little bit undersized, you know, even if they have some obvious skills on their side, is that going to be enough to get drafted? Is Luke Barco, is he going for the draft as well from San Diego State? Uh, he is. I had, I don't know if he's – he's kind of on the edge because I think cornerback is another one of those where there's a lot of talents at the top of the draft class at least. Yeah, I just wonder because I remember he had that multiple interception game recent last year. He actually yeah. did really. I'm pulling up our guys. Um, I think we talked to Justin Mello before on our podcast last year. He did an interview. It looks like posted a, just hours ago on Sunday at draft USA Today draft wire. Had a conversation with him for with Luca or Luke mm-hmm. Barco, excuse me, Barco. But it's a uh, maybe if he he made some play. He made a lot of plays last year. Didn't he have like the most pass breakups in the Mountain West? I believe he did. I think he had the most pass breakups in the entire FBS. I remember he had the, the three interception game, I believe, last year. On three consecutive yes, passes. Exactly. Don't forget that. Three consecutive passes. Like he had really quick passes defended. He had 20, one. 25, 16 breakups, and nine picks. How, do you, how does that guy not get drafted? Is it because he, he plays in a 3 3 5 and it's a little bit of a, a kind of a gimmicky defense? I mean, I don't think so because we saw Cameron Kelly and uh, DeMonte Casey get drafted in recent years as well. Okay. And even going further back, guys like Leon McFadden. Sure. Just just putting it out there. Just saying. I think he might just be uh, – he might be a little underrated right now. All right. So anybody else we need to get to? Because there's one, one other topic I want to get to on the draft real quick. Okay. Can I pound my fist for Javin White real quick? Do it. Pound for whoever you want. Bring it on. So, and I, I wrote about this, and, and you'll see this tomorrow on Monday, the twentieth, when this when the article drops. Do you realize the last time a UNLV player got drafted? Um, was it the wide receiver? No, it was not. Not recent. Randall Cunningham. No, <laughs> I don't a little, more, a little more recent. Two thousand and ten. Tim Cornette. No. Who was Joe it? Holly? Okay, Joe Holly. It's been a center decade. in fourth round. Okay. But Javin White's the kind of pro, he's kind of a toolsy project kind of guy that you know we've talked about him and I feel like I'm more bullish on him than maybe literally every other person who does draft analysis for a living. Um, you know he played strong side linebacker for the Rebels, but apparently he's gotten requests to work out as as a safety and as a cornerback, 
which he did a little bit of at UNLV as it was. You know, he was a guy who had, I, I want to say he had 15 pass defenses and 15 tackles for loss over the last couple of years. And without looking it up, I would guess that there's maybe only a handful of defenders who can say that they had the opportunity to do that. And so I'm really interested to see how he shakes up because he's probably not going to play linebacker at the next level. He's going to play as kind of a, a Dion Buchanan because it's the first name I can think of off the top of my head, kind of safety in the box maybe. Mm-hmm. But I'm really interested to see if he gets drafted and kind of breaks that streak if UNLV guy is not getting selected. It's true. It's a possibility. He's the best guy in a while. You know what I mean? Until next year, Charles Williams will probably get drafted, right? Uh, he's got a chance, yeah. Okay. Anybody else? I I don't have any deep sleepers like that. I'd look into it, but uh, that's a good pick. Here's what I want to end on really quick because we're just hitting the hour mark just about. Okay. So we've seen the virtual OTAs coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm best. I put good money because who knows when teams can work out because all facilities are, st- are still closed at the moment, and our pro- and all OTAs I think through was it through May or something like that? I believe. I think so. So here's the thing: if you're drafted. I would bet a 90, 90% chance you're on the opening day roster. That sounds about right. Because if you're not drafted, no, typically how it works, like if you're not a draft guy or whatever, just get into the draft, listen to us or whatever, you got the draft. There's still going to be a, fl- a flurry of undrafted free agent guys, which will, I guarantee you, there'll be three times as many, four times as many Mountain West guys get undrafted deals than guys who, who get picked in the draft. You'll see Josh Love. You'll see other guys out there. Probably Jill White. There's a lot of guys out there who get who get picked up. Cedric Bird, probably JoJo Ward, just free agent, just taking flyers, kickers like Cooper Roth, Eberly, guys like that. They would typically have like what a three day rookie slash undrafted kind of a camp. Mm-hmm. Like if the draft ends Sunday, they're probably out there Wednesday. You know what I mean? If not sooner, out yeah. there working probably. So you got Sun. You got, now you have Sunday to make picks as well because before draft ends Sunday, and so you'd have those type of things going on. And I'm wondering, like, how hard Matt will be make a team if you are an undrafted free agent? If you can't, if say workouts aren't going through until May, maybe there's probably gonna be some adjustments where you can meet in person eventually, hopefully in June. But are they gonna hold around these guys for a few months where they can't get a chance to work out with Team A, B, or C? Because sometimes they get. A guy will get signed on Saturday night. He goes to the one, one mini camp. Like, he'll get a mini camp invite. He'll get one. He'll get two. He'll get signed as an undrafted rookie. He'll get cut after day two of three of the camp. He'll go somewhere else next week for another camp because throughout the week and a half. Like, it's going to be very hard to make a team if you're not if you're not drafted. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be kind of sucky, right? Yeah, it's kind of a raw deal. Like, how do you impress? Like, we've seen – I'll go back to Josh Slough, for example – he was really good this year from San Jose State. How is he going to prove he's better than a team who drafted the quarterback and picked him up and they have a, a starter coming back, but their backup position is shaky? How is he going to be on the guy they spent more money on and guaranteed money to draft? I mean, it, it's a lot of the conversation that I've been reading about is that, at least as far as NFL teams are concerned, it's all about film. Yeah. And so, like, if you have the film and it's impossible for us to say it from the outsider perspective, just who has it and who doesn't, you know, that's going to be what gives you an edge as far as, you know, getting selected or getting signed and ultimately trying to make a roster at some point. It does, but also it's like 
not to begrudge what San Jose State talent was. Trey Walker's really good, but that's a different talent set than you're working with on an NFL team, even with rookies. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I just think that, you know, when you trust a film, when when your process becomes more, I mean, I don't want to say one dimensional, but I can't think of a better film based only in person. It's like, what are you going to do? I just thought that's like, you'll get a raw deal and stuff. But that's something that I haven't seen too many people talk about is like, how are these guys who are not drafted going to make an oppression enough to take a spot over seventh year veteran? Who's like your number two linebacker Mm -hmm. or number three linebacker or special teams guy. It's like some guys just practice better than new games. And I mean, like the, you play different ways. Depends. You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. It's going to be tough to decide. I'm going to take this guy. Just gave a 10,000 pick and not keep the fourth round guy. Anybody mm-hmm. who's drafted, like I'll put money, like even let's say Cole McDonald goes to the, goes to the giants. I'd bet good money. He's on that roster. Yeah. That sounds about right. Because I don't know when camps are going to open. I like, we don't even know if the NFL is going to start on time. So, I hope you guys get drafted, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Across. I'm just saying it's, it's something it's something very interesting to look at. And we'll get on this uh, next week. So here's kind of our plan for next week. We've got a lot of draft profiles. If you go to our draft hub, we'll have, we have basically anybody who could possibly get not just drafted but picked up as a free agent. We'll have Air Force guys. We have – because we'll see how that works out. But we'll have what? What do you think, Matt? 25 profiles possibly? Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. in, in the ballpark, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll have all the important guys and plus some fringe guys who are thinking of have a shot or teams will be interested in. So check those out. We'll be back next Sunday to discuss who got drafted, kind of go over a few things, free agent guys. But yeah, keep it up. Keep hanging out on our website. Check out, check us out on Twitter, MWCWire, MWWire.com, all the draft stuff. We'll be a few things here or there coming up. Not draft related. Oh, oh, real quick. One thing we're doing right now, pretty cool. Our buddy, uh, Aztec Breakdown Twitter, doing all time Mountain West basketball team team ever from Ken Palmera. So I already got a few upsets with that, but uh, anything else you need to add? Are we good to go? I think we're all set. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Uh, like our podcast, tell people about it and happy draft day draft week, I guess.